Episode 153, The One Thing Employees Crave More Than Anything Else. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. Welcome to The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. I'm your host, Dale Dixon. Each and every week, The Game Changers features Jason Jennings, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and USA Today bestselling author of eight books on leadership, growth, innovation, speed, and reinvention. And today, it is great to be with you, Jason, as always. Uh, Dale, it's uh, always great to be with you. But uh, as I remarked a couple of weeks ago, we are truly like two ships uh, passing in the night. Now, where you're you're off on another trip this week? Where are you going? Yeah, I'm heading up to uh, Spokane, Washington, having some fun with our office in in uh, Eastern Washington. And where are you off to? Uh, so I'm off to an event in uh, Miami this week, and then uh, I know we have a lot of listeners all, all around the world, so they probably don't know that American Thanksgiving is coming up next week. And uh, obviously there are no conferences or conventions right around that time, so it's always a very good time to get away. So from Miami, I, I'm flying to Medellin, Colombia, and uh, I'm enrolled in a seven-day total immersion Spanish language program again. Uh, we've done one in Cartagena, Colombia. I want to marry to Mexico. And we so fell in love with uh, Colombia when I was there for a speech last year in Bogota that we decided to go and visit the city of eternal springtime uh, in Colombia, Medellin, and uh, just, you know, get beaten up by Spanish teachers uh, for nine or ten hours a day. So I guess it's kind of a break for me. I was going to say, I think we're all feeling so sorry for you. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like a great trip. It's going to be a fun time. Um, you know, um, Colombia is really a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful country. And uh, there was a time, of course, uh, when FARC, F-A-R-C, and, and the government were fighting and the drug cartels. Um, I, 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 I've never found that. And uh, FARC, of course, settled with the government. I, I always feel very safe in Colombia. It's a very, very beautiful country. And... Um, and it really reminds me of Spain as opposed to some place, most places in South America. I mean, the Spanish influence is just so real there. So uh, uh, anyway, the food's great, too. So I'm looking forward to it. I but like it's, said. It's, it's, it's hard work being Spanish, eight, nine, ten hours a day. But anyway, it is what it is, right? It's going to be a fun time. Hey, I'll remind folks that they can probably see a little bit of that trip as well if they'll follow you on Facebook. Yes, it's super easy to do. Jason-Jennings.com slash Facebook get you right to where you need to be to see information about this podcast plus Jason's travels as well. And I'll tell you what, on that, I'll, I'll make a promise to post from uh, Miami and from uh, from Medellin, Colombia. I, I will I will do that now that you've reminded me. Perfect. All right. So can, can, before we begin, can I tell you one other thing? Please. All right. So I, I've, I've told you many times, kind of in jest, but not really in jest, that uh, I know you're never supposed to pray for yourself because God's pretty busy. And how every time I'm walking down a jetway, I, after a speech or after a tough trip, I'm going, dear God, please don't put me next to a talker. So I, I've used that line jokingly before because I kind of like my space. But I have to tell you something. On on this last trip, it was just to Las Vegas for this incredible event that I was uh, honored to be able to do. I met some of the most fascinating people. Uh, a guy sitting next to me started 
chatting with me. And I would say he's in his uh, early to mid-30s. And so finally I said, okay, well, I'll in for a few minutes. And I said, so what do you do? And it turns out that he's the marketing director of uh, one of the biggest uh, casinos and hotels in Las Vegas. It was just a fascinating conversation. And then when I arrived at the San Francisco airport and I was waiting for a, a lift car to pick me up, I got in a 10-minute conversation with this young guy from Poland with a decidedly Polish accent who immigrated here with nothing. He's now got his MD and his doctorate taking up a new job with a big drug company. And all I could think to myself in the car on the way home is, Damn, there's a lot of fascinating people out there, just a lot of fascinating people. And so just a reminder people to, to put yourself out there as much you can because you'll, you'll be richer for every one of these human encounters. Absolutely. Take a moment and say hi to the person next to you or driving the car. Yeah, yeah. Just get a little engaged. So, so. you know, and I, that might just lead us into what we're talking about today, the one thing employees crave more than anything else. And... Uh, Lead us down the path, and okay. I'm sure there's I'm, a story there. Uh, there's, there, there. There is a story here. Uh, you know, we talk on these podcasts a lot. I mean, all of my life's work and everything that I've done has led me to the, that people are looking for a sense of purpose and that companies that are purpose-driven uh, do far better than companies that are not purpose-driven. So I'm not setting aside purpose here, but there was a big study done uh, that just came out a couple of days ago, and uh, uh, it, it caught me by surprise, and I, I really think there's something everybody or here for everybody who is listening. But first of all, let's, let's, let's set the stage. In America right now, unemployment is at a 17-year low. The equity markets, the stock markets, are at record highs. Corporate profits are bigger and bigger than they've ever been. And right now, most people probably don't know this, uh, there are 6.5 million people unemployed in the United States, but there are also 6.5 million job openings in the United States. I mean, so if any of those 6.5 million people were trying really, really hard, maybe they can't get the job they want, but there are certainly jobs available. So... But there's a couple of other things we know. Uh, the annual Gallup poll of the American workplace uh, came out again. And we've talked about this before, but there's there's some, an update to some of the numbers. Um, so you've got basically as close to full employment as you can have, but there are only 32% of workers now say they are, uh, or 32% say they are disengaged, uh, and 17%, no, I got the numbers wrong here, 50 2% of American workers are disengaged, and 17% are actively disengaged, which means that they're going out of their way, I mean, to find a reason for leaving. But now the new poll shows something else. And if this one doesn't knock you off your chair, I don't know how many people you employ, Dale, are responsible for, but listen to this one. 51% of American workers are looking to leave for a new job. That is absolutely off the charts, and especially when you consider what we're seeing right now with uh, with unemployment rates the way they are, and it's it's interesting. Fifty one percent are looking for another job. So if you've got a hundred employees, count on the fact that half of them are looking to be someplace else. And if you've got a thousand employees, count on the fact that about five hundred of them are actively looking, actively seeking something else out. So now that brings us to the study that I came across, and the study was done jointly. Uh, it was done by the um, uh, University of Chicago's research arm, which is called NORC, and a hedge fund billionaire, Paul Jones, uh, who founded uh, an 
organization, a nonprofit called Just Capital. And I don't mean just capital as in only capital, but just as in being just. And they actually, every year, publish a report and they analyze all the publicly traded companies in the United States and they rank them from top to bottom in terms of who acts in a just manner. So they provided some of the money. The University of Chicago did the research. They surveyed 10,000 people for this study. And here's what they found out. They found out, for example, that 85% of Americans, uh, American workers or consumers, would pay more for products or services that were delivered by a just company. And 79% would take a pay cut to work for a just company. And then they asked the question, what should a company's priorities be? Well, 39 or 33% said workers, 19% said customers, 17% said the quality of their products, 13% said how they treat the environment, and 11% said their interactions with the communities. So first and foremost, um, workers say that companies should be more just with their workers. And another thing the report demonstrated that we've talked about before, remember I told you when I walk into a Toys R Us or I walk into a CVS store or I walk into someplace, I mean, the last thing they ask you to do when you put your darn credit card in, uh, the chip, I mean, it comes up, would you like to donate to something? Or they ask you, would you like to donate to something? And I always ask, how much money is the company giving? And 99% of the time, the answer is no. Well, workers and respondents to this poll were highly critical of companies' efforts to put on a good face by doing things that cost them nothing, like collecting money on others' behalfs or volunteering their employees' weekend time to help build a house. Uh, workers were very, very critical of companies trying to put a good face on themselves uh, at no expense to themselves. So what it comes down to at the end of the day as you pick this study apart, uh, it's, it's a simple one-liner. So I guess everything has just been a, a preface uh, to this one line. What are American workers looking for? They are looking for just employers, employers who are just with their workers, share a little bit of more wealth with the workers. They are looking for companies that are just with their customers. They are looking for companies that are just and fair with their vendors and suppliers, fair uh, with their shareholders and their owners, and fair with the environment. And so I think this portunes some really, a, a really great opportunity uh, for companies to come to an understanding of what being just really means and being seen as being just in the eyes of their workers. I mean, with 51% of all of American workers saying they're now actively looking at other opportunities and other jobs, this, this is a crisis for most companies. Think of the lost productivity when somebody leaves and you have to try to recruit and you have to try to train and you have to try to get them up to speed and think of the financial loss when all anybody's looking for is they want to look for a just employer. Oh, and there's one other note in this. Of the 10,000 people who were studied, listen to this, 85% of Democrats and 72% of Republicans believe that companies don't share enough of their success with employees. So it transcends political affiliation. It transcends age. People want to work for just companies. I was going to say you factor in a what a three per, three to four percent variation on that uh, study, and, and yes. there you go. It's basically the same. 
just do the right thing. Just do the right thing. Just do the right thing. But of course, as a theologian told me, I mean, if you ever want to reveal even bigger truths, turn a fact upside down or or turn a number upside down or turn a report or a reason upside down. And I mean, the reality is, if you've got all of these people saying, I mean, this huge majority of people saying that they're, they're looking for another opportunity and they want to work for a just company, you turn that upside down, what does it say? There's a lot of companies there's a lot of leaders, there's a lot of managers who are not acting in a just manner with other people around them. Hmm. Actions definitely speak louder than words in this case. Let's talk a little bit about the need for constant communication for that business that's out doing the right thing day in and day out. I think a lot of the employees get embroiled in the day-to-day, working through the tasks, Don't maybe don't lift up their heads to look around them to see what's happening. And that's an opportunity for the company to step in and, well, number one, it's personal responsibility, an opportunity for the employee to lift up the head and look at what's going on around them and look for those opportunities. And number two, it's an opportunity for the company to be communicating what it is doing in being a just company. Yeah, uh, companies are, despite the fact, and I don't have the number at my fingertips, uh, but uh, I quoted it in my last book, the amount of money that companies spend communicating with their employees, I mean, has gone up, 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 up. I mean, by huge amounts. The problem is it's overload, and most employees don't pay any attention to the communication they're receiving. It's the wrong kind of communication because most of the communication is coupled with the demand. And so in my last book, The High-Speed Company, one of the chapters is communicating from the bottom up, not from the top down. Top-down communication does not work. And it's really the responsibility. Uh, generally, people have a maximum of about six to eight direct reports. Uh, seven is seen to be uh, the best number. Uh, but most people don't have more than six or seven direct reports. And the question is, I mean, how are they communicating with these people? Are they constantly trying to learn the stories of these people? Uh, Tell me about your journey. Tell me where you're trying to go. Tell me where you eventually want to end up. How can we help you get there? How can what you're doing right now help you get there? And how can can you, in a better, on a one-to-one basis, communicate how just, as a leader, you're trying to be? So companies count on a lot of top-down uh, you know, uh, pre-canned promotional material to communicate with people. And most employees see that as being bothersome. I mean, uh, it, it goes back to the story I told you about the uh, hotel desk clerk a couple of weeks ago who quit at the end of his shift because nobody came out for nine or 10 hours that he'd been there. And as much as said, thank you for manning this busy hotel desk all by yourself. He said, all it would have taken was a thank you. So I, I think we've got the communication thing. Not right. Mm. Do it the right way, the just way. All right. Well, and you've given us some really solid numbers to back up the reason to do this the right way and and to be paying attention to what employees really want. Yeah, but but let me me tell you, when most people uh, are willing to raise their hand and say, help me, help me, all right, it's either when they're out of capital, when they're out of money, all of a sudden they're willing to change. 
or when somebody opens up a furnace door and takes them by the nap of their neck and puts their face so close that their eyelids and eyelashes get singed. Those are about the only two times that most people, uh, most, uh, most people are, are willing to change. And, and they say they want to embrace change, but, I mean, they really don't. I mean, hypothetically, theoretically, intellectually, I embrace change. The day change comes calling and knocking on the door, they say, not today. I got too much other stuff going on. I mean, what else do you need to know if 51% of American workers, I mean, are looking for another gig someplace? I mean, guess what? That also includes the people who are working for you. So you can either let it happen and feel like you're the victim and that nobody gets you and nobody understands you, or you could take some proactive action. And what do they want? People just want to work for a just enterprise. If you are a just enterprise, communicate it more effectively to your people, tie it to their dreams and what they're trying to achieve. And if you aren't a just company, well, increasingly, there's no place for you. Mm. Great final word. (laughs) That is the furnace right there. There's the furnace. Stirring the face. Hey, be sure to subscribe and watch this podcast each and every week. You can do it really easy. Just go to jason-jennings.com slash YouTube. You'll find us right there. You can leave a comment there, and we are watching, and we would love to hear from you. Definitely would love to have uh, you watch the podcast right there on YouTube, jason-jennings.com slash YouTube. Any other final words for us, Jason? Um, I can't get the number 51% out of my mind. I mean, I trust the annual Gallup poll of the American workplace because they poll so many people. The margin of error in the poll is so small. 51% of all American workers are eyeing or looking for or seeking another gig. Wow. What an opportunity to gain a competitive advantage by turning that number around. That's that's my big thought for the day. I'll be I'll be dreaming about this one and thinking about this one in my sleep tonight. Absolutely. Thank you. Hey, Jason Jennings is the author who USA Today calls one of the three most in-demand speakers in the world. You can find out how to arrange to have Jason keynote your event or your leadership conference by going to the website jason-jennings.com and clicking on the contact button. That is this edition of The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. Have a great week. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.